Out Loud Podcast with Wendell Miguel. Just uh, want to greet everybody again today at our podcast on this uh, wonderful changing season. This is Wendell McGowan, senior. Senior, okay. And I am the other Wendell, but everyone calls me Dub on the show anyway. Um, I just actually want to put out real quick, we have, um, if you want to be able to get the show, you can now get it on the WendellMcGowan.org website. It's a lot easier to get to now, so... However, you're telling people about the show, that's where you need to send them. And it's nice and new and revamped, and uh, you should go check it out anyway just uh, just to see how nice it is. Thank you, Rochelle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you guys for putting this on. I'm just thrilled today. I, I, I've been wanting to get <clears throat> a bit of a spiritual son and a friend and a, and a new breed. He's a new breed. I've been wanting to get him on our show, and he's here today. Uh, Michael Lighting. He's a worship leader at the International Church of Las Vegas. Um, many of you that have heard me have heard me talk about the man and the the ministry and the the effect that was on the city when he did a a gathering of worship leaders all over town mm-hmm. and uh, did a, a, a thing called the Sound. Yep. To where there was worship 24 hours for, I don't know, three, three days, days or something. Actually, yeah, it was 50, 50 hours. 50 now. hours, yeah. which is which is Jubilee. I'll let Jubilee. you talk a little yeah, yeah. bit. I want you, after I introduce you, I just, it was just 50 hours of solid worship. And uh, you can just share a little bit about that because I want to stir people up. That was just the beginning. That wasn't the end. And that so inspired me. I've been all over the planet, and I have never seen anything like what we experienced yeah. with so much cooperation and favor yeah. and uh, so i'd just like to introduce uh, mike lighty and mike you can just kind of share a little bit about that if you would son <laughs> hey guys thanks for having me it's an honor to be thanks here. for coming on and, uh, yeah you know what happened i think uh i stumbled across uh, well there was a number of things that kind of set it up but I, I stumbled into Numbers chapter 10 one day, and it said when Israel broke camp, Judah went first. And uh, whenever Israel would march wow. through the wilderness, Judah would go first. And it, it's an interesting chapter because, you know, it's, it, it's, it says there, and if you study it rabbinically, I went into some of the rabbinical teaching and understanding is that when the, uh, when the, when the cloud of God's presence and glory, when it was time for them to move, the the cloud would go and rest over Judah. And uh, that's when Moses knew it was time time for them to break camp and move. And so Judah walked through the wilderness with their eyes on the presence, looking up. And Moses, as the man of God, he watched the presence of God over the people. And he actually had two silver trumpets that God instructed him to, to make they weren't ram's horns. They were actually hammered silver. And he would blow different blasts. He would release a different sound to get them to move certain ways and to call the camp up, to make them sit. And so there was this sound that was being released when when it was time to move and when there was movement happening. And uh, I was sitting downtown having coffee with some friends. And all of a sudden, it's just I just sensed this mandate on my on my heart, like, you need to rally the city. 
go out and get the other worship leaders. Because here's the thing with, you know, uh, unfortunately with some, you know, uh, traditional, some of the some of the traditional leadership structures, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, whatever reason, fear, hangups, whatever, you know, uh, you, we're not going to see the pastors unite the city. And I just really got this mandate that it's actually the worshiper's job. It's it's the worship community. It's Judah's job to really move forward mm, first. That's so yeah. good. And, that's right. And because honestly, I don't care what church you go to. You know, I could care less. You know, you love Jesus, great. We're we're friends. You know, exactly. <laughs> so I, I started right. reaching out to some of the other worship leaders in our city and just, you know, banging on the doors and and making phone calls and saying, hey, listen, we're all doing the same stuff. Why aren't we hanging out? Let's get together. Let's start building some relationship. And um, you know, there were some intercessors in our city that said, hey, listen, we've got this heart. We need we need you worship guys to get together and go. I'm carrying the same thing. Like, so we had some uh, some of our our, our prayer friends. And the prayer network ladies, they uh, they just started opening up their homes and saying, you know, uh, Gwen was one of them. And uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. And and uh, they said, you guys need to get together. We're we're making food. You gather the people. I'll bring the food. I said, done deal. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, when it was good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we started rallying and, uh, you know. We started dreaming together and praying together and just seeing what God would do. And and uh, I, I got this thing on my heart. I said, you know what? Let's let's throw a potluck and just invite as many people as we can find that are in the worship community. And so we did one at a local uh, church here in the valley, and we had about seventy people show up, and we had about fifteen churches represented. Come on! And one of my yep. friends, uh, Pastor Zach, who I think you've already had on the show, yes, yeah, we have. he uh, he he comes up to me, you know, halfway through the night and goes. Dude, you need to lead worship. And I go, ah, oh, no, no, no. We're just we're building a relationship. He goes, no, you need to lead worship. And I go, well, give me a guitar. So he goes and finds a guitar. And you know, he's one of my friends, but he's also he's one of my apostles, one of my pastors here in the city. And so I, you know what? Okay, I'll submit. So I go, guys, we're gonna we're gonna seek the Lord. And you should, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I'd never seen the kingdom come so quickly. When you put that many worship leaders in a room mm. that know how to get a hold of heaven, and it was marked, uh, you know, Psalm 133, how good and pleasant is when brothers dwell in unity. I mean, it's the dew, you know, it's the it's the you know the blessing, the oil on the, the head, right. you know, mm-hmm. the dew on Mount Hermon, all that stuff, and the kingdom just, I mean, it, like just whammy in the room, and then we're all kind of looking at each other like, oh my gosh, this is really marked. So we go, well, let's do it again next month. So the next month we did it at a different location. It was a smaller gang. Uh, we had about thirty people show up, maybe thirty-five, forty. But we had uh, we had almost twenty churches represented. Awesome. And then uh, in in March of that year was our third one, and uh, we had we had about twenty. We had almost thirty people there, but we almost had thirty churches represented. Hmm. And I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, I'd heard stories of, you know, groups of five, ten pastors getting together weekly or monthly to pray and to seek God together. But there was something special that was happening. And uh, within that time frame, you know, we had, uh, my friend Adam and I had dreamed of doing a worship conference. And the date we had set didn't work. And so with our calendar, so we bumped it back to Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we got to looking at the calendar and it was the same it was the same weekend as the uh, the feast uh, Tabernacles. of tabernacles, yeah. Or a feast of trumpets. The, uh, tabernacles. Okay, I think it's I, I believe. And 
Oh, Pentecost. Pentecost. Okay. Excuse me. It was Pentecost weekend. Right. So, so 50, 50 days from Passover. And so we got this studying into this thing and we go, hey, listen, I just, I don't know if it was Adam or me or we just synergy happened. We're sitting in the coffee shop and we go, what if we did a, a worship conference for 50 hours? Since it's the celebration of 50, this is Jubilee thing happening. Let's just do 50 hours and let's invite all of our new worship leader friends to come and help us. So we sit down at this meeting and I, and I cast the vision. I go, hey, I need all your guys' help. We're going to do a worship conference. But for 50 hours, we're just going to, and we'll, maybe we'll segue with teaching, whatever. So the next day, one of my guys from a Baptist church, he calls me and goes, hey, listen, I'm really concerned that, uh, you know, why are you doing it? Why are you going to do it at ICLV? And I go, well, you know, number one, I don't have any money. And secondly, I don't have anywhere else. To, <laughs> That's always yeah, a good, good I answer. I don't have anywhere else to do it. I've got, you know, I've got everything built this in. This is good. This is good. And he goes, well, listen, I'm concerned that there are people that won't come because you're doing it at your campus. And would you consider doing it at a more neutral location? And I go, well, yeah, absolutely, if I could get one. And he says, well, I, I made a few phone calls, and I got you a stage on Fremont Street for Memorial Day weekend. Can I tell everybody what Fremont Street is here in Vegas? Fremont Street is the uh, the first paved road in, in Las Vegas. Old Vegas. It's the, it's the, yeah, it's the old school. It's, it's the, really Las Vegas. It's really Las Vegas, yeah. It's where the, the original strip was. That right. was the strip, was Fremont Street. And so that's where the whole thing started, really. Yeah. And so uh, there's a location right there on uh, Fremont Street and Las Vegas Boulevard. And we basically were given that location which already had a stage and everything which uh, are usually air. very very expensive oh yeah totally and very exclusive yeah oh absolutely and it was given to us for free and uh, I said are you kidding me he goes well if you want it I got it for you I go if you want it call that guy right now so he calls me, he calls me <laughs> back it, he calls me back so we go down the next day and meet with this man he's a Hindu man now listen to this he's a Hindu yeah so he says listen so we're walking through his property checking it out and we're like well you know we could do this here and he goes yeah 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 and we're like well what about you know what about this and he says oh yeah you can do that well what about if we do this yeah 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 you can do this and we're kind of scratching our heads like why is this guy doing this? And I said, listen, you know, I really appreciate this, but what, why are you doing this? And he goes, here's the deal. He goes, local people, local, local people don't come down to this part of town. He goes, I don't make my money from locals. He goes, I make my money from, you know, visitors and, mm -hmm. and people coming in. He goes, but he says, if I can get 50 hours of blessing in my property, I'll do it. This is a Hindu speaking this. A Hindu guy. So wow. So we start planning and praying and gathering the churches, and I just I, the thing just caught fire. I mean, the radio stations heard about it, started wanting interviews. The TV and news stations ended up coming down. So we launched. I mean, we had this literally the entire city rallied around this deal, and uh, churches from all over the valley came out of the woodwork, started working together, praying together. It wasn't just a music thing. You know, there was some real unity happening there was prayer happening uh some just real prophetic stuff was really uh taking place and so we launched we actually marched down fremont street with about seven eight hundred people right. carrying marching seven eight hundred people <laughs> marching bands, marching on band the equipment strip. <laughs> on the strip with shofars and trumpets and Not musical a bunch of religious junk <laughs> and the security guards came and blocked us off and so we ended up having to march around you know this certain part of the strip and, it's awesome. and it turned That's into a Jericho march. <laughs> it, was a, it was, yeah, it was a giant Jericho march, 
and we uh, we we gathered back in this you know this central location, and uh, this this Hindu man got up and we honored him, and thanked him for letting him uh, him letting us use his property, and and just honored him and he got up and declared Jesus is Lord over Hindu a, a Hindu man yeah wow. he just he was being really touched and we blew the shofar seven times and it launched a sound that that went on for fifty hours and I tell you what you know we live in a city of nations. You know, and, right. uh, you know, it's just like the day of Pentecost, you know, they were all gathered in one place and they heard the sound and they heard their language and they were blown away. These Jews from all over the world heard the praises of God in their own language. And we had a number of people, uh, testimonies of guys who would, there was a guy who just during the Saturday session just runs to the front hits his knees and gives his life back to God. And <laughs> someone on, comes up to him the and they strip, say, man. Yep. on the strip, somebody comes up to him and says, what, what's happening? And he goes, listen, I'm from Detroit. I'm here with my family on vacation. I heard the sound. I knew what it was. God pricked my heart. I've been, I've been running wow. from God and I knew I had to get back to, I knew I had to give my life back to God. And so we had a number of testimonies of people, homeless guys rolling through, getting saved. One homeless guy, he got saved. He went to the healing tent, got healed from some, some issue in his body, went to the the prophecy tent got a prophetic word and he ended up sticking around the the rest of the the That's rest awesome. of the weekend helping cleaning doing whatever he needed to do he yeah. and now in fact i went back down there and uh one of the guys in our church actually works in that area in the fremont street thing and he knows that homeless guy he actually got cleaned up now he works there he got wow. a job there. wow wow and wow, so wow. It, yeah. it's just i like, hadn't heard that yeah absolutely so there were a number of stories and testimonies of people hearing the sound and 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 giving their heart back to I mean we weren't out there preaching the gospel I mean nope. it was just us lifting up the name of the Lord us you know declaring who he is building up tabernacle for his presence the Lord is enthroned on the praises of his people yeah. so we just decided to go out and do it and so there were some major concerts happening that weekend because <laughs> of Memorial Day and they you know when that one shut down at midnight they all came and checked us out you know right. and you'd see them in the back they'd come in with their beers and they're kind of looking <laughs> I love and it, then man. all of a sudden you know you'd see somebody go over there and start talking to him, ministering to him. And we had teams out there praying for people, prophesying, interpreting dreams. We had all kinds of, uh, the teams just came out. The church just really connected. It was I really think powerful. it's what the Bible means when it says go to the highways and the byways. Yeah, it really was. Them. Mm-hmm. It really you was. don't compel them. See, we think compel means we influence them, entice them by our words, but you compel them by the presence of God yeah. in the midst of worship yeah. and adoration. That is amazing. Now, I got, got a word I'd never thought about till you just said that. That guy wanted you to go that part of the strip because there wasn't a lot of traffic. Have you noticed it goes down another eight or ten blocks from there now? Yeah. And you don't realize, but because you did that. See, nobody could record this, but the fact is because you entered in, you opened up the heavens... That was kind of a trash bin down from that where you guys did that on. And now it's one of the most desired places that the the container park where they're doing the concerts. They've rebuilt all those old buildings in there. That whole thing. And I'm going to tell you, Mike, it's what we were talking about this morning, that the enemy's only plan, what he has, Mm -hmm. is when the Lord puts his finger on a man, and I, I believe you're one of those men. You're, you're one of the new breed. Wow. I've said this to Zach as well. It was the word I've been carrying. I, I think I'm one of them, but the truth is I know that you're one of them. You're yeah. a new breed, yeah. and you're doing things outside of the box. And I feel like that's why there's a lot of frustration because we're busting 
the old, yeah. I'm going to call it mindsets of religion and culture. Mm. Just like you said, it's a, it's a it's a terrible shame that pastors won't agree together because they're afraid somebody's going to steal their sheep. Yeah, exactly. When the right. fact is they're not their sheep anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Lords. Yeah. And the fact is I'm seeing a new breed. See, in Reading, what we did that was unusual, what everybody thinks it was all Bethel. Anybody that knows about Bethel was the breakthrough. But the breakthrough was because there was about 15 pastors. Started out with five of us. We brought Bill in. He was in the mountains. And all of a sudden, God put his finger on Bill. See, God puts his finger on certain individuals wow. to be a voice. That's what I believe you are, Mike. I mm. believe that you're one, and you're usually the last one. You never think that about yourself. <laughs> because, see, and, and I've watched you in the city. Mm. I mean, you're one of the first young men I met. I mean, you you wanted to meet me, didn't even know who I was. And we connected right there. Yeah. But I believe there's a reason for that. And I feel like mm. the Lord is just, that was just a token yeah. of what he wants to do. Yeah. And I can see, see, you're starting to dream again. Yeah. You know, in Acts, it says the old men will dream dreams and the young men will see visions. Yeah. And you see, and then it says after that, that the year of Jubilee will come, mm -hmm. that God will fill the earth with his glory. Right, here's what I'm going to say. See, old men dream dreams. You know, if you quit listening to the dreams of the previous generation, the younger generation will never have a vision. Mm. And you've got to recognize as hmm. a young man that you're developing a dream for the next generation that's come, that right now it's a vision. Wow. And the enemy's job with you, or the enemy's strategy with you as a dream maker, as a dream fulfiller, as a visionary, is to stop your vision. Wow. He'll let you go so far, and then when he sees the effects and the ripples, you've had a lot of ripples. Yeah. I mean, we hear all over our town, haven't you noticed that, Mark? Yeah. Everybody talks about the sound. I got my sound back. See, the only thing mm -hmm. the enemy wants is your sound. He wants to steal from you. We're, we're equating that just to worship, mm -hmm. and worship is the first place where we give our adoration to God, where when we get kissed by the Lord, he gives us a sound to give back to the earth. Good, yeah. And yeah. I feel like you have coined something. I hear a lot of people talking about it. Some of the people like Ray Hughes, you know, he, yeah. he coins that he, and uses yeah. it. He's in Tennessee and yeah. Kentucky and all over the world right. and Ireland, and he uses that term. I believe that was God-inspired, yeah. and it was just the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. everything since then, he did it for what, two Two or three years, mm -hmm. and then kind of taking a sabbatical. But I'm just, I'm just wanting to blow on that dream again. Yeah. I'm wanting to blow on that vision again. Yeah. And and yeah. even you know the last year that we did it, and this one here was a special one for me, because we, we'd met there. We brought all the churches together. There was over 50 churches there, maybe more. Yeah. 50 churches, 50 hours of worship, a year of jubilee, and what happened was was meeting on that lawn, and you did the Lord's supper that with all those whoever have heard of that with all of our different stupid doctrines yeah when you eat a meal you eat a meal you don't worry about what hand you eat it with yeah and it's the same thing with the lord's cup and you did that so well i believe it set something in motion it released a covenant in heaven wow. over this city that's right and by the way that was the weekend where i told my daughter she was in I knew she was in love with Mark, who sits there at the table. Right. <laughs> and it was shortly after that that he had asked me for her hand. It was at that meeting. Wow. It was at that when she, 
realized yes, daddy had recognized she had fallen in love with him and told her, go for it, baby. <laughs> and uh, wow. so I'm thrilled. Yeah. I, got, I got a good son-in-law. As a, <laughs> Out of this, maybe yeah. not directly, but as a byproduct yeah, of the sale. How about that? Well, I do have to say, it is it is pretty close to being as a result of the relationship because, Mike, you and I have been, you know, we've been friends. I've been been over there with you at, at ICLV. And, uh, you know, our journey started with, uh, with the call uh, in Las Vegas when I got healed there. And, uh, and then, and then just, just, you know, being, being, being able to see and be next to everybody. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that just stood next to and just, just, just really had such fun getting to meet everybody because uh, I'm a connector, man. I love, you know, having, having this opportunity to hear different perspectives, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm also a professor. So, so part of, part of my job is also to make sure that I always get different perspectives sure. and, and, and to really research and seek things out. So it was like a treasure trove for me being yeah. able to be there yeah, with wow. everybody. That, that was really more of an amazing thing <laughs> really than was. any of us see. Cause see, I believe that Vegas is a key city in America. See, I believe there's about seven cities in America that are key cities for release of the wave of God that's already in motion. Mm. And I believe Vegas is the forefront of those cities. Yeah. And I felt like what you did, that was about four years ago, yeah. uh, on that first one set in motion that the whole city's been changed. You can see an openness. You know, what I love about you, Mike, I see you go to all the other church. See, a lot of guys get this ownership and you just like to participate and enjoy what God's doing yeah. in a lot of other fellowships. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's what God, God's wanting us to not be afraid that somebody's going to steal some of our people, but be a part of the family to be a sound yeah. that will make the devil run. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So go ahead and keep talking. You, you're yeah. just excited because uh, <laughs> I just remember how that thrilled me. And I, anybody that's heard me know that I've bragged yeah, pretty much just, just yeah. everywhere I went what was well, going on and, here. And, in you know, we, we, we really rallied around the idea that, you know, we're not going to agree on our doctrine. You know, we're not going to even agree on our practices. And unfortunately, we're not going to agree on prayer because prayer kicks into our practices, which kick into our doctrines, you know, and even, <laughs> that's a good thought, you know, and even in, even, you know, the call has been amazing, but even when it came here, it, it, it ended up dividing. And we had churches in our community that said, don't go to this thing, you know, because they, they didn't agree with the doctrine. They didn't agree with the practices. And so, you know, we really boiled it down to, Hey, you know, we're not going to agree on all this stuff, but we can agree on Jesus is Lord. He deserves our worship. And that's it. Like, let's start there. And everybody can rally around that. Everybody, whether, you know, wherever you come from, wherever your background is, we can agree on Jesus is Lord. He deserves our worship. So, man, we had, you know, we had, we had everybody come out. I mean, we had Foursquare, we had eight assemblies, we had River guys, we had uh, Catholics. I don't know if the Catholics showed up. We didn't have any Mormons. We had, uh, <laughs> you know, we had basically everybody. I mean, we had Church of God in Christ. We had, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of the Apostolic, the Hispanic community came out. I mean, black community. Black community was there. I mean, the whole gang. And we started. We decided. We're going to start this thing. We did it two-hour slots, and the first two hours, we're going to do all the worship leaders together on the stage. Which is a phenomenon. And to throw un- egos out like that un- is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Unprecedented. And then we ended, the, we ended the event. 
in the same way, in the same manner mm-hmm. with all the worship leaders on the stage. And so we had teams coming in and rotating and we on purpose blended the teams. So I had a two hour set on a Friday night, the bass player I'd never even met. I didn't even know who it was. I just turned around and there was somebody new there. The drummer I didn't even know either. I think we'd and played And you were once, the leader of it? And I was the worship pastor, you know, and like I had singers I had never I met. It. We on purpose blended the teams. Right. And so it wasn't about, oh, well now, you know, this church is going to sing their song. No, it wasn't even about any of that. Like the teams were totally blended and it was just about Jesus. And yeah. I tell you, it was one of the most incredible things. That You, you know, and really... I mean, really, when you think about it, that has set in motion something that just, just shaken our city. Well, you know, you came to me right before we did it, and so we were at some meeting. This was about a month in advance, and and you said it's going to release a new government in our city. I don't know if you remember you telling me that. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I like it, you know. And uh, <laughs> whatever that means, but yeah. I, I've I, heard that come out from Adam, the things my dad has said before. I, I like it. I don't know what it means, but I like it. And about a month after we did the event, um, the poli- one of the police captains came to our church, came to some of our pastors, and they said, listen, we're going to go into this uh, neighborhood in the southeast part of town. It was where uh, the majority of 911 calls come out of. And uh, they said, listen, we're taking the SWAT team in there and we're going to blow it up. We're basically going to serve all the warrants. We're going to clean it out because we know it's totally drug infested and crime. But, but before we do, we want you guys to come in and pray and do a prayer walk. So they rallied and scheduled a prayer walk with that's the police department. The police department in, came, Las Vegas. in Las Vegas asked us to come and help them. So, so pastors, leaders, church folk, uh, ministry school students, uh, judges, city officials, police officers. They even had, I think, a congressman come down. Are you hearing this? Uh, they went and they they did a prayer walk through that community. Hmm. So as they're praying and walking, our team went in knocking on doors. Hey, you know, laying hands on the sick, meeting needs, uh, and they ended with a big barbecue in the park and just did a big rally. So that night, that was on a Saturday morning. That Saturday night, not one nine one one phone call came out of that. Wow! Region, wow! That wow! 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 I haven't heard that. Yeah, man. and so they and so now the city leaders are going. Holy smokes, we need you guys. Like so now the police captains are coming to us saying hey will you help us we're going to go into this community we want to change it and so that and it was at that time as well that the mayor started her faith initiative and she called the who's a jew yeah she called the pastors together and said there was i don't know maybe you know 30 or 40 pastors that showed up that first one and she said listen what are the seven main things that are facing our city these these issues, homelessness, uh, drug addiction, gambling addiction, the family, um, prostitution, uh, human trafficking, mm-hmm. and one or two other than this. She said, I need your help. Wow. Will you help us? So she pulled together the, 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 her city team of leaders, the police team, and the pastoral leaders and started task force work groups to start uh, ed- start educating and start working on developing plans to attack these problems uh, in our city. And so it, it really did happen. We have a new government in our city. And now the church community is, ra- is really connected. I mean, this was, you know, four, three, four years ago. They've been meeting regularly now, and we've got a whole new government in our city because of, I believe, and, and I, I didn't say it, but I've had many leaders come and say, it was because you guys went first. It's Judah, true. Judah went first, unlocked something, and we're seeing this thing. See, you know? we had 
uh, one of the main intercessors uh, over the city here a couple of three weeks ago, Ron Sharpa. I don't know if you know Ron, but but I did not know that the Metro has opened up, I think it's the 11th floor of their building for every week intercessors to go up there and pray over the city. Whoa, I didn't know Did you know that? No. And he also, he told us, man, they've opened up all this other stuff where they're going in and praying for all of these government leaders. The government's changing. Yeah. And again, it's what we were talking about this morning at breakfast. I believe when you've got an edge when you're a forerunner, you're pastoral, in the way you love people. Yeah. But there's something in the edge of your sword that's a breaker and a mm. visionary. And I believe the enemy's job right now, his strategy is to try to stop what God did, mm. even through good intention people that you serve. Yeah. You know, I was going to talk a little bit, and maybe we'll, we'll a little bit later, about honor. You know, honor is sometimes our best friend and our worst enemy. Mm. Because if you're an honorable person, sometimes you don't, you don't move from the place that you serve just because you honor where you are when the Lord's telling you to move into a new dimension. You know, I wrote this down a long time ago and I said, honor is walking with a gift and learning how to not stumble over it. Mm -hmm. And and it wow. really, when you think about that statement, it was something that the Lord gave me, is that we stumble over our honor because if you're an honorable person, See, the enemy takes the good character that God gives it and turns it around and uses it as a weapon mm -hmm. or, a, or a force or a blockage to keep us going, from going into the next dimension. And, and th this is even why I'm thrilled. I love you. I, you know I love you, Mike. But, but the truth is I love who you are. It's like what I've seen with a lot of leaders God's given me privilege to have influence with. I've not been the one that's done the stuff that I personally had a vision for. I had a vision for what you did before I moved here. But I wasn't the man with the finger God was on. Right. Wow. So well, my job is to undergird and hold your hands up and say, let's go for it, baby, and influence those others that I have influence over to partner with it. And I'll tell you something else That's I noticed good. with that thing. There were very few people that didn't participate. The only ones that didn't participate were the people that wanted to have ownership and wanted to keep everybody locked in their house. Yeah, it's that's true. not that's not the kingdom hour we're in. No. The kingdom hour, you really know if like if somebody told me a long time ago, if you have a, a pigeon, like a homing pigeon, you know it's really your pigeon when you let it go and it comes back home. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right. the truth of it is, I feel like that's what God's trying to test every leader with, because we've tried to build our churches on nickels and noses. We try to keep people in good. To, to reinforce the government we've established that wasn't necessarily wicked, but we followed the model of the world rather than the model of the Lord. Wow. And the Lord said, He's our source. He's our refuge. In Him we put our trust. Yeah. Now, there's practical aspects of that, of financial accountability and sure. responsibility. Sure. But the truth is, the Lord's shaking all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and the Lord is... Bless me, even in this season when I quit pastoring, one of the fears that I had was I didn't have a, a, a constant source of, of finances coming in. And I had to just depend on the Lord, which I have. And honestly, I've gone through some lean seasons. Sure. But you know what? I haven't lost any weight. <laughs> and uh, I haven't missed too many dinner calls. <laughs> yeah, all right. And the truth is I'm putting more and more of my confidence in the Lord. Good. Now, I think we need to bless those who God puts his finger on. That's good. And Mike, I'm going to prophesy to you right now 
that I believe God's going to start releasing some fresh vision outside of the box. And there's going to be resources that you can count on, financial resources for your family. Mm. Because as I talk, what I love about you is you've got your priorities proper, your family's first. Absolutely. Not your ministry. Yeah, no. Not the church you serve, but your family. Yeah. And I'm going to prophesy to you that as you begin to see the strategy, just like I'm I'm, I'm just quickening something in you to dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. As the Lord gave you revelation about the sound, he's going to do the same thing with the next place he's preparing you to take Mm -hmm. to be a voice, a pillar, and a hero Mm -hmm. to what God's about to do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You guys agree with that? Yeah. That's good. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And yeah, uh, I receive it. anyway, I just wanted to kind of put that in there as a witness to everybody that's listening. This guy, not only not only is he a visionary, but he's such a killer. I don't mean that in a bad way, but he's a he's a worshiper that's off the hook. And what I've noticed with Mike is he always brings people in the team. He's not always trying to struggle for a position. Mm-hmm. And a problem with most leaders is they just want to be the ones in the spotlight, sure, rather than stepping back and let their sons. Bask in the sunshine of a new day. Okay, yeah. can I speak to that? Yeah. To somebody who stands next to Mike quite often, I just want to say this: this guy, this guy makes everybody around better. He does, mm-hmm. and wants everybody to be raised up. I appreciate it. Yeah, and that—that's—that's that's the way I always feel anytime we get an opportunity to worship. Yeah, no, that's way good. Yeah, I know you're getting a little red on that, but you uh, hear that a little bit. I appreciate it. No, yeah, <laughs> we'll, ta- I mean, we'll take it. Noticed, I'll take it. something with the people that it. God puts a mandate of of kingdom shift is there's a humility on them that you cannot orchestrate, and it's on you, Mike. You, I see the same humility on you as I see on my friend Bill Johnson, on um, others that I that I partnered with around the planet. You've got, a, you've got a humility no matter how much recognition you get. God is still going to keep raising you up. Yeah. And I know, you know, the Lord trusts me a lot more than he used to, but I know one of the reasons <laughs> the Lord wouldn't let me do some of the things I had vision for because he loved me so much he didn't want me to kill myself with yeah. my pride. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and again, it, age has Absolutely. a way of dealing with that <laughs> and, and, and circumstances yeah. and challenges. That's funny. But I'm at that point now, but I'm telling you, I am so thrilled with what I see in your generation, yeah. in my son's generation, both my sons. Yeah. I, I'm thrilled, but I'll tell you what, you're not getting rid of me. I'm on this sucker for yeah. the end of the ride, man. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes yeah. a lot of sense. You know what I'm hearing that's just so amazing, just everything we've been talking about, and especially with today, this is what the church's mandate and call is. It's not about putting people in a pew. It's about making a difference. It's not, na- you know, the, the whole nameless, faceless thing that was kind of overblown a couple years it's not, ago. It's true. It's, it's true, true, but it, that, was, that was all we heard. But this, it really is, it's making a difference without having to, be a movement as you know the, if christians are everywhere and it's not a church it's the church yeah. so I, th- I think it's just so amazing that this is where everything's going and you know like, like the sound what you're talking about everyone's dropping the uh, being able to drop their egos and just worship together and not and be part of the collective and part of the change yeah. and i say that's that's what the church should be doing is making changes not just collecting people Right, absolutely. We're building our ministry. Mm -hmm. We're building his ministry. Yeah. And it should spill out into the whole city. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, you know, we've 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 you know, 
your friend Bill wrote the book Heaven on Earth, and we've been praying it since Jesus told us to pray it. You know, uh, but I, you know, I've I've always I've always thought it was interesting in heaven. You're not going to have apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. You know, and although we need those in the church, yeah. we need we need them here on the earth to build the church now. Uh, if we're if we're really going to see heaven on earth, it's going to look totally different. One of my pastors up in the Northwest, he told me, write the songs that they're singing in heaven. Like this next Boy, worship, this next worship movement is not necessarily so self focused. It's very much what's happening in heaven now. What are we wanting to give to the Lord now? And it's uh, I'm really encouraged. They're actually they're they're in. Uh, like 40 they're in their 44th day of uh their three-day worship conference and at the be- in, in the pacific northwest yeah in the in the uh wow. in the beginning of the year the lord spoke to him prepare for extended meetings wow and uh he's he said okay so he started preparing the church for this last year hey one of these days we're gonna show up and the presence of god's gonna come and we're just gonna keep going and uh, they've been preparing their community for it. And, and started in August, they had a, a three-day worship conference. And the presence of the Lord came in such a profound way. Uh, the Lord said, now's the time. And wow. People are flying in from all over the world to come because they're feeling, they don't even know what's happening. They're just feeling a sense. I, I caught wind of it just randomly. And I felt like something was happening. So I contacted him and said, hey, what's happening? And he goes, the, the Lord's here. We're just, we're going to give him what he deserves. And they're just in Seattle, yeah. It's it's and they they don't even. So I'm calling the guys up there. I go, hey, what's happening? And they go, we don't really know. It's just the presence of God, (laughs) and people are showing up. And it's not about a man's gift. So I got a chance to go up there, and I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought for sure it would be like the old renewal days. Everybody's worn out, and there's bodies everywhere. It wasn't. It, it, it was everybody was refreshed because they were worshiping the entire time. And I've never been a part of meetings that would not stop because the people wouldn't quit worshiping. They wow. literally had to turn off the lights and tell people, go home. Wow. Because the hunger, I mean, I would. I went and led up there for three nights in a row, uh, four, three nights, and I set a personal record, man, a four-hour session. I'd never done a, a worship session that long, but I would end the song, and the people would take off and keep going. <laughs> it wouldn't stop. It would See, just, I was it in would Toronto. Just not stop. When it first started in Toronto, and that's the way it was in Toronto when it started. It'd start to worship, and you'd think it'd be at the end of the set, and people Boo, would take they off. They would just take off. It, yeah. See, it, here's something I think is happening prophetically right now, is that I believe the Lord's transitioning the baton. Uh, Carol and John are not just passed the baton to the next generation. Really? Yes. Just this last week, they passed the baton wow. of, of what they've been doing. And they've been in a sustained yeah. move of God yeah. since 1994. <laughs> and we're right. all the fruits yeah, of that, yeah. which yeah, is exactly. actually, you know, the fruit of, of what happened in Azusa Street, which is also what happened with John G. Lake's ministry, yeah. except God's been trying to teach us how to sustain a movement. Yeah. And it's about working out of our strength, actually working out of our weakness, but we become strong in our weakness. Good. And, mm-hmm. and we're not just trying to do meetings to do meetings, yeah. but just enjoying kissing Papa. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and there's such a voice right now in the Father's heart, which is a lot of the of the heart that I carry is a father's heart, yeah. but it's also the intimacy of the Lord. Yeah. And intimacy, if you think about it, 
with the woman that you love, when you have her, I don't want to get too graphic, but Thank prophetic, you, you can kind of imagine. But when you are holding the one you love, time has no framework. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like that's what the Lord's yeah. trying to teach us. Yeah. Instead of being a bunch of people who's waiting to get beat up by a big God with a big stick, right? but yeah. rather a loving God who just has his lips puckered. Yeah. It sounds a little yeah. irreverent, but his lips puckered <laughs> waiting to give us a kiss. Yeah. When the notes and the worship and the praise yep. reach heaven, it catches his attention because it's got a sweet fragrance. Yeah. And he can't help but bow down to earth and kiss us. And wherever we stand, that's no matter good. how wicked, that's why I feel like Vegas is a city. I'm blowing this trumpet. Because Vegas is a city, the city where the world says it's mm. the place of the devil. God said, no, it's mine. Yeah. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah. And everything that my worshipers go, I'm going to take dominion, yeah. even though the world is doing their stuff around it. Yeah. Again, wow. even like I said, where you guys did that with that Hindu on that Hindu stage, yeah. that was a pretty downtrodden part of the city. It was yeah. very run down oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. probably 30 years, 25 yeah. or 30 years. And you go down there now and the whole thing is vibrant with new life. Zappos came yeah. in and that wouldn't have happened before huh? that. Zappos, new business came. Zappos came in there after you guys did that. Think about that. They took the city hall building. Yep. The government changed. Yep. Yep. Part of that government change, yep. which is one of the most successful businesses in America right yeah, now. Right. And, and it's model, all right here in Vegas. The model and the culture that they've developed as oh. well as uh, unlike anything. Unlike oh. anything, yeah. And then the the whole downtown revitalization project that was stemmed out of the uh, out of the you know revenue that was caused with Zappos and their donations and what's happening has spawned a whole new uh, system of of uh, great restaurants and great um, yeah. great venues to uh, hang out. That Container Park, of course, is part of that. But but there's and there's there's so much in the plans. There's another three four city blocks that are about ready to get built out. So. Oh yeah. But see, you see, only when we get to heaven will we know what the Lord commissioned angels to start right. stewarding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, Mike, see, worshipers are where it says in 1 Corinthians, people, like I, I was telling you this morning, there's little bleeps of scripture that always just kind of fascinate me. Mm-hmm. And one of them is when the Lord was giving order to the authority of a church about a man that's covered by the Lord and a woman ought to have her man covered. And then it's got a little scripture at the end of that passage that says, because of the angels. Women need to be under authority because of the angels. Not because they need to get whipped in the line. It's because of the angels. Because the Lord knows the women are a type of the church or the bride that command angels. Because it says in that little piece of scripture, it says, yeah. because of the angels. That's right. Now, that just doesn't mean heavenly angels. It means demons. If women aren't in order and in honor of their cover, of their husband of those they love, and the same thing goes with the church, then angels will not move in their behalf except the angels of the enemy who don't need a command. They just take ground that's not been taken. Wow. Now, here's what I'm going to say. I feel like what's going on right now is that angels have been brooding, and they've got assignments now because the worship went. I mean, 50 hours. Think about that. And you did that for three, I think it was three years, wasn't it? Three years you guys did that? Two years you guys did yeah, that? Yeah, two years. Two years. And I, I just feel like that was just a token. Yeah. And, and it sets something in motion yeah. that's blessing the whole stinking city. Yeah. That will bless the earth because... 
the whole earth visits this city. Yeah, it's true. This is not a city where people just go because I want to go water skiing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The whole city is a place that the whole world yeah. looks to get fleshly fun. Yeah. But as a part of God's purposes in 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 the midst of what the enemy thinks he's taking, the Lord is blessing people and touching like the drunk. Those little tokens you said, like that drunk that come and got saved and now he's got a job. That's amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and I just heard a story, you know, my, my friends up in the Northwest, because they did this, there's, uh, you know, there's churches all over the nation and around the world, actually, that are that are tuning in and actually getting inspired to do the same thing. And I just recently from another friend of mine heard about a large church in the you know Texas area, whatever, very large community. They said, you know what? We're, we're closing everything down for 10 days and we're going to gather and seek the Lord. We have to get back to making the presence of God the main thing. And I think what happens is, is when we, you know, we make, when we make the presence of God our true north, think everything else falls in line. I think we get off when we make care our true north or we make relevance our true north uh, or we make discipleship even our true north. Then we're then we're constantly looking for the presence of God somewhere else and coming out of a place of lack, and so I feel like the those that are hearing are saying, "Listen, we're gonna get back to the presence being the true north, because out of the presence comes relevance. People are saved, healed, delivered. Out of that, in those encounters comes discipleship. Out of disciples comes care." And so when we make care or discipleship or one of these other things our true north, we get a little we get a little off. But I, I feel like the Lord is turning the compass back and he's tilting us back to true north. It's all from the present. Again, I'm going to go back to yeah. that sound. I, I wanted to focus on that today because it was such a profound thing that I saw quickly. When I moved here, I knew this was the time I was supposed to move here yeah. and see this. But even when I'm thinking about these intercessors, you know, the, the 11th floor of the Metro building, but do you know that the mayor's having them come in and pray for them? They're praying for all of the council oh. members. <laughs> and seeing they're doing kind of QT because yeah, of sure. the PC baloney. Yeah, okay. Which I'm going right. to tell you, I think you know where I stand. It's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> yeah. We need to be KC, kingdom correct. Yeah, amen. Not politically correct. Amen. And uh, I feel like this whole thing, you have no idea how many ripples and nor do all the people that partnered because they all partnered with you because they caught the vision. Yeah. And do you know what the truth is? Anybody that catches a vision that comes from heaven has got just as much of a portion of the vision as the one who released the vision. Oh, that's good. If they serve it. Yeah. They get just as much of an inheritance off of yeah, it. Yeah, wow. And so I feel like there is something just spreading out yeah. and getting bigger. Even your friends up there in the Northwest, see... You told them what God did. Oh, yeah. And you know what that did? That threw a seed yep. of faith to them to do it, but do it according to their pattern, yeah. not copy a cookie cutter. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what's going That is amazing. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. We're going to have to kind of bring it down. Yeah, we got to put a pin in it. Any questions you want to ask? I do, but we don't have time. Ask a question. Um, I can answer quick. How's that? Okay, how's this? Uh, this is just something that you were talking about. Uh, this is more of an observation, but what you were saying with, you know, the worshipers have to go first, you know, for, I believe it was 35 to 40 years, they've tried to re revitalize downtown. They had, I, I know of at least 12 failed attempts. Wow. It didn't work until you guys came through there. Wow. That's awesome. So I say, I say that's not to, you know, patch on the back, but that's just 
kind of an interesting observation that yes, it is because the worshippers do have to yeah, go first. Absolutely. So, so oh, yeah, that's that, good. again, we wouldn't have got that. See, that's why I love doing these things. I start seeing things. I didn't. I didn't even pay attention to that until yeah. after you said that was the worst part. I never even, even though we were there, I, I never even paid attention to that. But that whole synergy of that whole downtown area has changed. Totally changed. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. still. Anything you want to imagine down there. Sure, sure. But it's not, <laughs> it's not like it's it was. Not, no, not it's not. No, yeah. On it that it had. Yeah, it feels uh, a lot safer than it used to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. see, I think we as Christians exactly. need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Yeah. And, and the bottom line is, is we don't need to go down holding a sign up, you dirty, rotten sinners, no, you're going to no, hell. Not at all. In fact, that's the wrong down, model. Yeah, it's the yeah. wrong model. Yeah. It hasn't worked. Yeah. What you're doing is working. Yeah. And what we're doing, and we're seeing that culture all over the city. Yeah. All yeah. over the city. I am thrilled to be here. Yeah. I'm thrilled to know you, Mike. I'm so, <laughs> so glad that you came today and just shared that yeah. with us. And I know you've got a lot of your own vision that maybe we'll cover in another podcast. But I want I, I want you to know that, that I honor you, son. I appreciate for it. For you, you hearing God, being obedient, and then taking the investment that you've had over, you've been here in Vegas 13 years, I think you told me this morning. Oh, well, on staff of my church for 13. How yeah. long you been in mm-hmm. Vegas? 16. 16 years. Okay, I'm gonna, that's even better. You've <laughs> taken your 16 years yeah. of what I'm gonna call it collateral. Yeah. And God has been using you to throw a net up for the kingdom to come in. Yeah. And I honor that with you. I and I'm blessed. And I, I feel like the best is yet to come. Amen. Whatever yeah. that looks like. Yeah, we talked yeah. about a lot of things <laughs> this morning. Yeah. But whatever that looks like, I feel like, you know, the you have no idea mm. of what's about to happen. Come on. And the city will never know the positive effect that happened. Yeah. That this will be known as a city when people want hope. Many will come thinking they're going to get earthly, fleshly pleasure. But they're going to counter the king of glory. Yeah, come on. And uh, so I just bless that. Any other comments? Um, nope, we got. We, we actually have to close it because yeah, I've got going to run out of memory in a minute. So um, actually, Micah, if you can let us know where, let everyone know where to get a hold of you, sir. Yeah, uh, Facebook dot uh, Michael dot Lighty M I C H A E L dot L E Y D E. You can hit me up at Twitter at Michael Lighty. I'm on iTunes. My music's there. Um, so yeah, awesome. Hit me it up. is Inst- music. Instagram, cool. it is. Facebook, Twitter, all the all the regular channels. And I, I do have to say this. You know, when we first started talking about doing this podcast, there was three names that came up, and you're the first one of those three names that we're like, we got to get him on the show. Oh, you were one of the right first out. three names, yeah, and Mike. I, and, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, this no, is the no, 17th no. show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is yes, the 17th is. one. But you were one of the first right ones. On. But see, the Lord knows the timing. That's it. And you're going with mm-hmm. a whole lot of other things that we've been seeing. This thing. And we've built um, an audience now. So <laughs> anyway, I thank thank you so much, Mike. Absolutely. For being thank with us you. today, and we just. We just love you, son. Honored to be here. Okay, and just um, get a hold of the show at uh, wendellmcgowan.org. Um, you can uh, e- email us at livingoutloudpodcast at gmail. And until next week, I'm Dub. Michael Lighty. Mark. And Wendell. God bless. See you next week. All right. Cool. Hey, thank you for listening to the Living Out Loud podcast with Wendell McGowan. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can email us at livingoutloudpodcast at gmail.com 
or search out Streams of Many Waters on Facebook. Be blessed, and we'll see you next time. The show you've just heard is part of the Streams of Many Waters podcast network. 